Welcome back to another episode of the NBA Top Shot Experience. Your host, Josh, Hirsch, and Wolf. Uh, this past week, we saw the NBA season kick off with the incredible game between the Knicks and the Celtics. But what a game. Yeah, well, um, that watching that game easily took off five years from my lifespan. Um, definitely did not need to go into overtime, I think. Um, Knicks had a pretty solid lead in the fourth quarter before Julius Randle went a little bit too hero ball and then just some incredible shot making from the Celtics. And I mean, Jalen Brown, the whole night, incredible shot making and slightly hot take, but I think Jalen Brown is way better than Jason Tatum and just gives a little bit, a little bit overrated due to his flashiness. But I feel, I feel like Jalen Brown's just all around a lot more solid. But, Josh, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, Jason Tatum is, is definitely better. I think it's uh, think? Yeah. Pretty, pretty pretty common common belief. It's definitely a hot take. They're both great. Uh, they're both in the top ten in scoring this season, so they're both pretty good. They're both previous all-stars. I think Tatum is a little bit better. I mean, Jalen Brown has had a hot start this season, but just look, last couple of years, Tatum has been able to get a shot off a little easier. Um, but excited to see if um, if that becomes an actual, you know, talking point this season. Uh, I, I certainly welcome it. They, they are the only duo in the NBA to both be in the top 10 in scoring. So, um, you know, a little healthy competition between the Jays is, is welcome. It's still oh. early on. But uh, yeah, you love you love to see the, the your two studs playing well, and obviously Tatum had the off night against the Knicks, which I think was partially attributed to some great RJ Barrett defense. He was which, wide open. Wolf. I, I need, sent you the tweet. He was he would missed fourteen open jump shots. He missed he misses jump shots, but the impact that he had on both players was when when RJ was guarding on like on man defense they were he was one for eight against RJ and same thing but, with I mean, Tatum, it's not like he wasn't getting the brown open. when when he was taking over brown he was also stopping brown for those brief periods because nobody had an answer for him Jalen Brown played, had 46 points no one was stopping Jalen Brown that night when RJ was on him and he was playing on ball he had I think he, he was I, I don't want to pull out numbers out of nowhere, but the, the numbers were the shooting percentage was much worse than anybody else. Fantastic. Jason Tatum Brown, was four of eighteen from RJ. open. He only took thirty shots, and eighteen of them were open. I will say both Tatum and RJ look significantly stronger than last season, and I think in RJ's case, that makes him a little bit of a bruiser defensively. So even though. Um, you know, Jason Tatum missed a bunch of wide open shots. I think he was definitely feeling the effect of just RJ's physical presence just throughout the game. Exactly. But I, I would the, say it's a little bit additional. The additional weight that he's put on, that's like kind of been the narrative of the whole offseason. It was, that was the most frustrating part was that, you know, all I've heard is oh, Jason Tatum looks like uh, he put on 50 pounds of muscle and then he's, he, he refused to drive to the hoop. Mm. Yeah, I will say, like, um, between Tatum and Jalen Brown, I didn't mean to knock on Tatum. He's so skilled as an offensive weapon. I just feel like Brown is a little bit more of the engine right now, and Tatum is just that ISO scoring threat 
that's really polished. But I, I, I was questioning some of his, his shot attempts. And similar to Julius Randle, I think they both have a tendency to go a little bit hero ball with their ISO. I mean, just because they're both so good at it. But the, the Tatum, one, Tatum put in 41 last night on 14 of 28 shooting. So I'm not, it's not like, I think it was more just like a shaking off the offseason rust. It was an off game, but I'm not counting out great defense from RJ Barrett, who was on him the entire night. If you, if you look at the open shot stats, and that's fantastic, but there's a lot more that than just the stats. Staying on top of your man the entire night and making him work, and then when he finally gets that open shot, he's he's a little beat, which maybe like impacts the the percentage of that going in. Is something to note. Also, it was yes the first game of the season, and he has looked great since. So um, we'll see at the next matchup to see if it it holds true with the defense or if it was just an off night. We will see. It's a little uh, convoluted to say he was all over him when he was wide open. But the Knicks look great. Uh, RJ Barrett certainly took took a leap. You can it was evident in the first night, and uh, and the new additions to the team they they fit pretty well. Yeah, we we have yet to talk about Fournier, who was lights out in OT, having a franchise record uh, in points scored for a debut player on the Knicks. That's that's definitely something uh, that I like to see. And I, I know when we were watching the game, you just were frustrated to see him do so well at, when struggling so much on the Celtics last year. Yeah, he. Uh, it seems like he, he left the country. He, he hung out with the French national team over in Japan and uh, sort of reset everything and, and looked great. Man, that two, three-minute stretch where nobody could miss on both teams was definitely the highlight of this young season so far. Just Fournier and then, who was it, Grant Williams, and Fournier again, and and Tatum hit from the corner. uh, Entire NBA Twitter, which I'm barely on, was on fire. Instagram was on fire. Uh, That was incredible. And it, it just really felt like the NBA's back type of moment right there. It was certainly the debut game. Um, not only of the season, but I think of, I, I, I don't think I've seen it as good as a de- debut game. So really like hats off to the Celtics, like, and the Knicks, like, I think they played fantastic and uh, yeah, just, just really hoping that the, that the Knicks continue to ride the wave. I'm still waiting for Kemba Walker to step up. We didn't really see much of him from him this week. He's at a, uh, a team low in plus minus uh, and it's, it's a little frustrating um, without him like stepping up, but I'm, I'm really hoping tonight when they play the Sixers, uh, he shows something when he's playing against a, a young Tyrese Maxey. Yeah, definitely. Um, Kemba's defense has been pretty suspect. Um, I think he's just trying to figure out what the, the new role is on this team. Um, same thing with RJ Barrett. I feel like he's, um, he's still trying to get used to where he is, you know, going from pretty much the second to third option last year to now the fourth or fifth, depending on who's in the lineup, trying to figure out wh- where he can get offensively involved. I think there's going to be a bunch of adjustments still. And you can say the same for pretty much every team right now. It's early, early season still. Absolutely. But hats off to uh, to Josh, who is a man of his word. 
and sent over some very nice gifts last week. Uh, the Austin Rivers and Derrick Rose moment will never be sold. I will hold them dearly for as long as I can, and the platform survives. So thank you. Of course. Uh, I'm a man of my word. I will always pay up my my gambling debts. <laughs> and uh and and it was true not only you know was it a great game i was sad to see the celtics lose but we were blessed on the internet with a new new york side talk video on oh Twitter. oh yeah uh and and this is truly why i love nick's fans because <laughs> they have the shortest memory of any <laughs> fan base our last year in the playoffs the knicks took one game off the hawks and you know they're chanting "fuck Trey Young" and <laughs> and we want KD before losing three straight. And you know they forgot all about that playoff series. They beat the Celtics in double overtime, and we got that great enthusiasm right back. I, I recall uh, Tom Brady owes me some money. Um, <laughs> Bing Bong, some, which is Bing dead. Bong, Bing Bong is, is dead. Let's just make that clear. Bing Bong broke out again against the second game with the Magic, and we lost. That is toast in my book. Yeah, I might, I might have to buy a Bing Bong T-shirt. I saw they were selling <laughs> that, and uh, just great to see. Yeah, and you could tell this, this, the city wants it so bad for the Knicks to be good. You know, Brooklyn Nets could never, just not. But hey, um, I'm, I'm really grateful for the, the Obi Toppin moment, and this is my, this is my first time having two of the same moment so i'm interested on what i'll do with it if i can hold it or if there's ever a challenge maybe it'll be something i could flip to get more nicks moments but that was awesome of course i think uh coming into the season there will definitely be some showcases or challenges that require a rookie moment um, i'm glad i love i love sharing sharing the wealth even if it does come at a Celtics loss. And it made the game that more that much more interesting as well. No, no doubt. So then we have the great game uh on Friday in Top Shot. Uh Dapper released the Series 3 roadmap, which consists of a, a couple big updates for the platform. So this year we can expect uh some changes as opposed to last series. So specifically players will only receive two common moments, a limited edition that will run a maximum of 20,000 minted moments and a uh, circulating count of at least 60,000 moments. Uh, this is a stray from the this past series where we saw players have five, six, seven, eight common moments and, uh, and really allows the team to flesh out uh, and review all you know, highlights to make sure that the moments that are being minted are highlight worthy uh, and not just uh, something to meet the demand. Uh, further, we will see that the Rising Stars pack or set will no longer be a rare set, however, a common set, as this was the first sort of uh, large set that the Top Shot team released last year as well as eliminating the Seeing Stars set. There was some confusion last year. You know, the Seeing Stars set, sort of the highlights were better than the All-Star Game set. And 
To avoid that confusion, that set will now be eliminated. Further, they illustrated how many legendary sets we'll see with a new Robat Christmas set, a rookie set, and the returning hollow and final sets. Finally, they released the Clay Thompson Showcase Challenge. Clay Thompson probably, uh, they were making jokes, he's the 77th rated player <laughs> in the NBA uh, as he was snubbed from the top 75 players list. And now to commemorate his debut moment on the platform since he's been out with knee injuries the past two seasons, they released a Showcase Challenge uh, so that any any collector who may have a bunch of Warriors moments or a bunch of Top Shot debut moments will be able to get in the running for, uh, or guarantee themselves a Clay Thompson debut and get in the running for a, a good, nice serial. Uh, I'm curious what you guys think, what, uh, what, what you like, what you didn't like. Well, regarding the, the Clay Thompson showcase challenge, you know, uh, I took a little bit of time to try to, calculate because i didn't have anything that was um eligible for that challenge so i tried to do a little bit of calculation on how much i'd have to put in to be qualify and just seeing all those um warrior uh, rookie moments and debut moments just skyrocket was kind of crazy to me i I didn't think it'd be that much so i'm I'm probably gonna have to sit this one out what was the the inclusive cost for it um i see i gave up trying to calculate it halfway because I already knew it blew my budget. But I think it, it would have been around somewhere between two and three hundred dollars, depending on how you went about it. I'm sure there was um more efficient ways to calculate it. I didn't realize at first that you could have two of the same moment and they would count for two different things. But it was cool seeing on Reddit, you know, everyone sharing their methods on how they were gonna go about completing this challenge. Yeah, you, you, and for me, Josh, you know, I last year participated in that Damian Lillard challenge, which I'm still enjoying the moment. And I, I mean, I love Dame time, um, which I would say like Clay is probably a little bit more of a legendary player than Dame, but uh, would say they're fairly comparable. Um, just didn't see it for me uh, because I didn't already have enough initial, uh, enough initial moments to, put it over the top uh, i'm i'm all for having maybe half or like a fourth of the showcase challenge completed already out of moments i own but once you see those price hikes i uh it, it's really hard to want to own those because i've found that when you put in the money for those the the moments that you gain to get the showcase and complete it though that's where you're taking the biggest losses and i've still see myself in the red with some of the ones that I've taken on. So I'm definitely a little hesitant, but if it was a a case where I had half a fourth, like I said, at the moments already completed, then I'd probably be more intrigued. And no doubt. And I think a lot of people uh, are, are sort of buying into the showcase for the chances that a good serial pull and that once the showcase has wrapped and the moments are distributed, we will see the price of the Clay Thompson debut less than the actual cost of the uh, the showcase itself. Yes. Luckily, I uh, I was I knew I wanted the Clay Thompson 
debut moment and I completed the Warriors set over the summer and already had all of the required moments in my collection and just put them all together and and uh, kind of chose which moments I thought may may suit best to the to the challenge. Uh, it was uh, it was pretty pretty wild. I looked at my my portfolio that Friday afternoon and saw that my Jordan Poole and and Kent Bazemore were up like a thousand percent. I was like, what is going on? And then I, <laughs> I checked checked the blog and I was like, oh yeah, okay, that makes sense. Um, but Jordan, I mean, even if looking at past, past these couple games, Jordan Poole playing out of his mind uh, and really rising up the the most improved player ranks, it's been a uh, it's been cool to see, especially as a as an owner of his Top Shot debut. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. wild looking at the uh, the moment ranks top 100 index and just seeing the plateau increase from this Clay Thompson moment for the top 100 moments on the platform. It's um, I've never seen anything like this, and it's it's definitely from people just hype about Clay and those those price increases for all those moments. And you know, this this just speaks volumes to diversifying and thinking a little bit more ahead of time on what kind of challenges they're going to have in the future, because you, you might, you might be lucky and, and have a couple of them that you either want to trade if it's not a player you're interested in or build off of. Oh yeah, totally. That the, the biggest takeaway I had from this was now it kind of changes how I'm approaching my collection just a little bit in terms of like, you know, as I'm building my next collection, as I go into other teams, I might want to, you know, double up on certain moments in case of a challenge like this, where, um, say, for example, there's a Knicks-related one. Well, I if I had two of, like, say, my quickly debuts, or now that I have two of these Obi-Wans, I might be able to sell one, you know, at, at this um, incredible peak and still hold on to one just, you know, to be a collector of Knicks moments. So I think this kind of um, changed how I was, you know, strategizing from now on. For sure. Uh, one thing that I'm actually particularly interested in is that not only will the mint for rookies be set at that 4,000, as we saw in Series 2, but the 4,000, uh, those moments will be part of a larger set and not just uh, randomly distributed through base set packs. And I love that. Not only that, but uh, Davion Mitchell teased today that the fans will be able to vote and choose which moment gets uh, decided for each rookie's debut moment, which is, um, it's it's sweet seeing that uh, they're democratizing the sort of moment selection. Because I know there's some contentious top shot debuts, specifically Lamelo Balls is like a, it's barely an assist to, to Gordon Hayward. It's more of just a Gordon Hayward moment. So it's cool that they're in, continuing to incorporate the community oh yeah that's awesome uh quick aside with davion mitchell i think he has probably the best current nickname in the nba with off night what a nickname <laughs> for a, a great defender it is uh i actually did not know that that is pretty sweet i like that i like that a lot and and josh your your point with the rookie set i think that's so cool because i found it just it, it looks a little flashier when you have a moment that has a backing set than just looking at a a base pack common you know it, it makes it look a little cleaner i think there's it's like 
it's cool that they're grouping them together and this platform is going to grow with the incoming rookie classes. It already has, uh, you were seeing on Twitter, a bunch of rookies that are tweeting out. I can't believe I just realized I'm going to be on NBA top shot. Like they're buying into the platform and uh, I think grouping it together will make more sense for newcomers and also just display a little bit nicer for the cool moments that they are. The rare And I think, I think uh, we saw Jalen Green uh, last night, go, or two nights ago, go absolutely bananas against the Celtics. I think he set the record for most three-pointers by uh, either a rookie on the Rockets or so – he, I mean, he had some wild dogs. He was, he was playing out of his mind. So uh, I, I would um, – it's moving away from having each rookie's debut moment be – from their first game and more look at which moment is the best from their rookie season, I think is a step in the right direction. Definitely. Other than that, I'm pretty excited about the, the Christmas legendary set. You know, I've always enjoyed, you know, just tradition of watching basketball games all day Christmas. And um, usually there's a lot of Knicks and Celtics games on that day. So I'm excited to see what type of moments we get from that set. Definitely. I think uh, as a as a Celtics uh, full complete set holder, anytime we get more throwback moments, I kind of hold my breath as it's always a new bottleneck that could break the set and, and be become a large investment. But um, excited to see what they meant and obviously roll the dice at getting a pack. Oh, wait, do we know if it's um you know throwback throughout all Christmas Day in history, or if it's going to be from this year's Christmas game day? Yeah, so it's that's it's a I think it's just a, a series three exclusive where it's separate from the run it back from two thousand five two thousand six, separate from the run it back an archive of 2013, 2014, but specifically throwback moments from previous Christmas Day game. Ah, okay. Okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah, because, you know, there was the whole era with the, when Adidas held the uh, jersey patent or jersey license agreement with the NBA where they got special jerseys. And mm-hmm. and play, players love to go off on those Christmas games. Yeah, usually against the Knicks. I feel like we always lose Christmas Day games. <laughs> Unfortunately, I actually went I to one. It might have been against the Celtics years ago um yeah it was and um it was the Porzingis Christmas Day game where we lost that game and we lost like five six more and then the season kind of fell apart good times <laughs> nice moving along today we had the in her bag legendary WNBA pack contained one legendary moment two rare run it back WNBA moments and four common WNBA moments for $600. Uh, curious what you guys thought about the price, about the, the moments in there, any of the moments in there that you might look on the secondary market, completely avoid. Um, I know I skipped out on it, a little too rich for my blood. Um, moments weren't exactly, nothing really stood out to me. And uh, there's some other moments that I would rather buy than the these moments. 
Yeah, I mean, the Sue Bird moment seemed cool, but $600 for – we, we, we touched upon this a couple times in the pod. It, you you put your money into moments that you enjoy and that you get behind, and I'm, I'm sorry, I don't, just don't really follow the WNBA, and it's uh, – I, I, I just couldn't sh- convince myself to shell out that money. Now, if you're talking about a legendary Knicks pack where we get some – we get some mellow moments, some Amon Shumpert throwbacks, or like something cool. Like I, I'm, I'll, I'll throw everything at that. But I, I just, yeah, not in the cards for me. Um, and was even seeing some, uh, some high-profile folks on uh, Twitter, some content creators that were also just sitting this one out, which I thought was interesting because they usually are at least trying for every pack. Yeah, I mean, from a from a value point of view. It seems like as long as um, top shots, including WNBA moments and challenges and things like that, the value will still pretty much be there. So for six hundred dollars, well, about six hundred dollars for one legendary and two rares, I think you would get your money's worth. But for me, it's just a lot of money up front. Six hundred dollars. Okay. So to play devil's advocate, those legendary moments do provide a nice bump to the collector's score. Mm-hmm. Um, and the cheapest in-her-bag moment right now is $565. Uh, and there are five moments under that, $599. And you do get those additional six moments in the pack. So the moments, at least on day one of the pack, uh, are providing positive expected value, but um, unsure if they will be able to maintain that. As we've seen, the price for the run it back moments um, continued to sort of go down. Yes. Are you surprised? Uh, Yes and no. So on one hand, uh, we see the uh, most expensive moments in the pack kind of remain above $2,000, specifically the Shaq and the AI. And then we see the LeBron go down to below 2,000 the D Wade hovering around 1500. The Vince Carter moment lost about half of its value once the Vintage Vibes moment was released, and they're both minted around the same, uh, roughly a thousand. Um, and then the the MVP for the season, Steve Nash, his moment is right around 400, and uh, the Paul Pierce moment is now below 250. So usually with most set drops there are accompanying challenges that pump the moment's price up before sort of settling back down to their price um with this set there are no challenges sort of just these showcase challenges for fandom rewards and we've only had one of those so far uh where we saw the dunk moments temporarily increase but overall uh i mean they're minted to 990 there's a bunch of them the, the premier moments of the set sort of are maintaining the price that I would expect and everything else is sort of falling in line. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see maybe not in the near future, but eventually for them to have more showcases around this specific running back in general or this specific uh, series three drop because of the archive sets that are rolling out this week. It sounds like they're going to be putting out a couple more releases of those packs. I wouldn't be surprised if it's uh, some sort of showcase where you get at least one or two run it back moments and then 
a slew of archive set moments to complement it to complete a challenge, something along those lines. And the prices will probably kick back up there. But uh, is this the floor right now? Or do you, do you think it's going to go lower? Is it going to stay put? So two things. They've, they've already released the list of players that will receive showcase vintage vibes uh, challenges. And that's Steve Nash, Chris Bosch, Tony Parker, Alan Iverson, and and Shaq and D Wade. Uh, looking at the Vince Carter moment, that moment required five run it back dunk moments. So we can expect that maybe the Nash will require either like a handles or a three pointer or assists or assists, Bosch dunks or jump shots. Whatever it may be. So we'll see different moments within the set ebb and flow as they release these different showcase challenges. Is this the floor? I, I think so. I think overall the whole market has sort of um, dipped, but it's uh, it's kind of expected as the NBA season kicks off. People are sort of realigning their budget, maybe... Um, maybe selling off some moments, which kind of leads me to what I would like to talk to you guys about. We last week discussed, I was pondering selling a Keldon Johnson moment, sort of evaluating if I wanted to move into one of the run it back moments. Uh, and it got me thinking and I actually sold uh, five moments since we last spoke, a Brooke Lopez dunk, a Miles Bridges dunk, a Zion dunk, Darius Baisley dunk, and a John Wall assist. Uh, they're all NGLEs besides the Darius Baisley dunk, which is a throwdown, and the Zion, which is the all-star game. Um, the Keldon Johnson is currently on the market at a low ask, so if any of our listeners are big Keldon Johnson fans and would like to add his legendary moment to your collection, I hope it's still there when uh, when you hear this. But my main um, my main thought process around this is really to, to tailor my collection to uh, to fit what I am actually collecting, and and really put my put my dapper into more moments that I see have a higher floor uh, and and higher ceiling. Um, some of those players, you know, the the moment itself isn't too spectacular, or the the mo- the player is. Uh, Know, former all-star or or someone i'm just not keen to having in my collection i i think that's uh makes a lot of sense it sounds like you're you're shuffling around your capital without actually adding in more dollars which i think is a, a smart move and uh i mean at the end of the day it's that you you got to be going for the i think it's it's a, a longevity play you're looking for the right person who's going or the right moment the right player who's going to grow over time or at least not plummet. And I, I mean, I've done the same thing with my, with my moments. I'm looking for guys who I see a lot of potential with either rookies with potential or all-stars um, and that are cool moments that complement what their game is about. Exactly. I've been, so I have, I have two lines of thought. Uh, um, I'm curious what you guys think. Previously we were thinking about some, some of the run it back moments. Uh, not, not that I don't want to 
continue or look at those, but I think that those moments, um, not they won't do as much for my collector score as, as one of the two avenues. One of the avenues is completing the full Suns team set, which would consist of collecting the Leandro Barbosa Series 1 run it back, uh, a Kelly Oubre Series 1 top shot debut, the Steve Nash run it back from this year, and then the three archive Suns moments, which is a Boris Diaw, a Sean Marion, and uh, some other guy. I forgot his name. Or I get the Jalen Brown Series 2 legendary dunk against the, the Nuggets. Both add about the same amount to my collector score, and uh, I'm kind of on the fence. Ooh, that's a tough choice because on one hand, you know, but you get that awesome Jim Brown moment, but on the other hand, all those Suns moments could, you know, really go up in value with the Steve Nash showcase when it comes around, right? Yeah, and I have a bunch, you know, it's uh, it's sort of, I, I have the Celtics team set completion. The Jalen Brown is one moment, and it's one moment's additional collector score, or um, it's the summation boost for all my Suns moments by getting the full Suns complete set. I'm um, just for quick disclaimer, not giving financial advice, but <laughs> I preach di- uh, diversifying. It's it goes the same thing with stocks as it does with something like Top Shot and NFTs. I think diversifying your portfolio with a slew of moments that will also give you now two team complete sets, which in future packs, you can now not only bank on getting more Celtics moments to add to that collector score, but now you can look for Suns moments potentially as luck of the draw to, to help your collector score. And overall, like not just preying on this Jalen Brown moment to be the one that kills it sick moment i i don't think you would it would be a wrong choice to go for it but if you the safer bet would be certainly going for the suns and that's probably where i the eggs i put my eggs in that basket of course and then so then we have the third option which is put all of the dapper into floor level series two moments for a Robert Williams, who is leading the league in blocks and playing out of his mind, get like 200 plus of of the Robert (laughs) Williams playoff block where he had nine blocks in one day game. Oh my God. He's been playing great. He reminds me a lot of of Mitchell Robinson. Yes. A little smaller, but he has the same arm length. Yeah, a little bit smaller. Um, He's definitely stronger than Mitch was earlier in Mitch's career. But yeah, it was cool watching him that that Knicks Celtics home opener. Yeah, I would I would double my collector score if I went through that route. That's very interesting because that's it's kind of marrying the two together in a way. I mean, you're not really you're not diversifying, but you're it. I mean, how how much is the moment going for right now? Like thirteen, ten bucks, ten bucks. So mm-hmm. lower price moments have a tendency to new younger buyers, perhaps like uh, newbies that are just getting into it uh, that are Celtics fans. So I think there's definitely a good 
chance of selling those moments. Um, and you're not just banking on somebody throwing a ton of money at one. So I think there's a, you, you have definitely more liquidity there. So safer than the Jalen Brown moment. It sounds like it also helps your collector score more. So I would probably lean towards honestly that more than Jalen Brown, although the, uh, it's, it's a hollow. Is it the hollow icon one that you're looking at or the, yep. Yeah. That, I mean, that's the, I love the hollow icon set. So that's really tough. And then, so then there's the third, third sort of thing that's been on my mind is the Steph Curry series one three pointer. Um, it's only minted at either the base set or the legendary from the top. The base set is at, 785 and the from the top is 57,000 so those are the only series one Steph Curry three-pointers um and just looking at like you know 10 years down the line Steph Curry top top 10 player all time um best shooter of all time maybe I don't know something I gotta continue to think about and monitor not not an easy decision but does lead me to thinking um, something that I saw on Twitter this week about Top Shot. And if anyone has is a basketball fan, has been watching the sport at all, uh, you've probably seen some sort of Top Shot ad or in the stadium or somebody talking about it, uh, maybe your favorite player talking about it on social media. And I'm curious what you guys think about this investment that the NBA is taking in the platform. And if the likelihood of seeing upwards of 50,000, a hundred thousand potential new buyers and sellers in the, or users, I would say in the platform, do you think that's possible to, to really like grow that much from all this investment? Or do you think it's uh, the people that are, that are interested are here? I still think there's, there's a ton of room for growth especially if the NBA really leans into it during their broadcasting. And if they do more, um, you know, fan involvement at the stadiums and things like that, because um, I don't, I, yeah, there's, there's got to be, I mean, we see some podcasters, we see some people on Twitter, we see some players on it, but it, I don't think it's really permeated. Like I still get questions on what top shot is from my friends. So there's definitely still a lot of interest in it. A lot of untapped interest, I'd say. I agree. I think there's a lot of room, especially at the stadium. Uh, you're, you know, you already have people who are interested in the NBA at the game itself. Um, we saw a successful kiosk experience at the summer league, and if they can transition that to actual NBA games, um, I, I have no reason to think that the growth would stagnate nor um, not just exponentially continue to grow. I'd like to see comparisons between, you know, the top shot um, market space and, you know, something like Jersey sales or something like that. I think that'd be pretty interesting to measure. As in just like people like, just sheer volume or or by player both in terms of players and moments and how like their respective player moments and then also just in sales volume that would be interesting 
I could, I could, I, I'd be interested if there was a correlation there. That's because uh, I think there's just a lot more diversity in the moments in Top Shot where you're looking for certain players, sure, but uh, there's more to a, a moment than just a single player. Um, although mm. that is probably like a, the leading factor. So I would be a little surprised if there's a straight correlation, but you, you never know. Also, a lot of the players that are on the platform might not still be in the league or they're rookies that are selling really well because people think they'll be good, but maybe their jerseys aren't selling as much. So um, True. I think it'd be tough to like draw a line there, but I would love to see those numbers. Yeah. It'd be cool if you go in, you know, try to buy a Jersey and you also get a moment with your Jersey of that player yeah. or something like that. There's, that's the thing. There's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of growth. There's a lot of creativity still. There's a lot of opportunities for them to market this in several different ways. So I'm excited. Same here. And uh, I, I think what I'm also really excited about is just more basketball, right? We got a exciting game tonight with the Knicks uh, 76ers. Um, not that they weren't put to the test against the Celtics, but I think this is like a legit, um, at least at one point, a contender in the East. So I'm really excited to see how they hold up against uh, – one of the top dogs from last year, but we've uh, we've also seen a really hot start from the Bulls. I I definitely have um, an opinion on this, but I'm going to open up the floor to like what you guys uh, what you guys are thinking about their four and start their first four and start since '96. Uh, I think it's overhyped. I'm going to be straight up. I mean, is looking at the wins. You know, there was a narrow win against the Pistons in the first game. They beat the Pelicans pretty well, but it's it's the Pelicans. And I don't I don't know if they've even won a game yet so far. A Zion this Pelican. A Zion exactly. Um, then another win against the Pistons, and then a, a narrow win against the Raptors. Who, by the way, Scotty Barnes, my prediction of Rookie of the Year, looking pretty solid so far. Our prediction, Hirsch. Our. Oh, our. I'm sorry. Sorry. Yours. We we like oh, we buy Scotty stock here. Yeah. But I don't know. Like this, this offseason, the Bulls got a ton of hype for their acquisition of DeMar DeRozan, Lonzo Ball, and Alex Caruso to add to Zach Levine. And everyone's already ready to raise the banner for the Bulls. And now this quick 4 0 start is just, you know, adding to the flames. But I'm, I'm still not bought in on it. Do you think, uh, I don't know if you have the schedule in front of you, but they have. The Bulls have at home versus New York, at home versus Utah, on the road against Boston, on the road against the Sixers, at home against the Sixers, at home against Brooklyn, on at home against Dallas, and then a road trip of the Warriors, Clippers, Lakers, Portland, and Denver. You're kidding. And just just looking at that, um, you know, they do have they they were they had a cupcake schedule that first week, but that whole it's. 12 game stretch like there's there no easy games um and maybe I, i'm curious maybe I'm, even if on the road at portland after playing um the lakers clippers and golden state before still True. not not a easy matchup um it's truly uh like a, a litmus test for their ability this year uh, yeah. i'm i'm in the same boat with 
with what I th- I'm hearing, the hype is it's just like over the top. The team has not been put to the test yet. I think they're really flashy in the fast break, and I think they've absolutely improved from last year, no question. But it's for me, I just don't see the team necessarily fitting the three point meta that is in the NBA. They they got Vooch and they got Lonzo, who's super streaky, but Vooch is solid from three. They got uh, Levine, who's solid from three. But DeRozan is more of like a mid-range game. Uh, I don't know. I just don't really see them falling, like really like blowing up. But um, what do I know? The Knicks have been shooting a light, uh, shooting a ton of threes, and they had one hot, uh, two hot games, and one extremely cold game. So maybe that not, maybe that is not the secret sauce. But well, to me, the Bulls' issue is their bench. I think that's what's going to hold them back. I mean, their starting lineup solid if they can all figure out how to gel together. But the bench is suspect. Yeah. Um, other than them, speaking of you know, Alonzo Ball, the other Ball brother uh, in Charlotte, I feel like he's having a great start to his second year. Um, I mean, Josh, you recently saw his performance against Celtics and Celtics win, but what, what do you think of the new short Charlotte Hornets this year? I love the Hornets. Uh, they're a fantastic team to watch. Very fun. Uh, it was great that uh, I, the Celtics really showed some grit and determination there. They're down like 10 points with five minutes left and really clamped down, caused some turnovers. And uh, he certainly has some improvement to make on the defensive end of the ball, but um, fun team. And I'll root for him as, you know, they don't really have fans. <laughs> and uh, I don't, I don't really see them as much of a threat right now. But yeah, like I, I have a, a bunch of uh, Charlotte moments. The Miles Bridges dunk on Capella last year. Maybe I think it's the play of the year. If not, uh, maybe top five play of the regular season. Giannis made some freakish plays last year in the finals that superseded. But I mean, they're a great team. Uh, and not only to be uh, done by him is, is John Morant's sort of start to the season. He's been, I saw a tweet, he's averaging like five top shot moments per game. And he's, <laughs> he's also been playing out of his mind. <laughs> yeah, he's he's been something else. And uh, I think people now have him on their boards higher than Zion. Um, I know Bleacher Report just pushed out a list. And I, I hate these lists, I'm going to be honest. But um, I think credit is due for John Moran. He, he looks, he looks like the real deal. Yeah. Definitely gave me, um, Derek Rose vibes, young Derek Rose. Um, maybe, maybe even better, but yeah, that, that game, um, Memphis against the Lakers, you know, 40 points for Ja. Um, ultimately the Lakers won, you know, that leads us to our last bit of NBA news. Carmelo Anthony just passed Moses Malone for ninth on NBA scoring list all time, which is awesome and um, hopefully good for my um, Carmelo Anthony RB value long term. But it's I'm just so happy that Melo's back in the league again. He definitely did not deserve to be outed like that for that time. We stand Carmelo Anthony in this pod. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, Carmelo, 
he's he's an all-time great, and I'm glad he's back. He's been back in the league, but I'm glad he's getting the the recognition for his accomplishments because he's a a baller. He absolutely is. And shouts out to all the ballers and listeners out there for listening to another episode of the Top Shot Experience. Thanks, and we'll be back next week with another podcast talking Top Shot and news around the NBA. Stay tuned.